Hey, Karen, how long have you been doing this boss thing? Hmm, longer than I'd like to admit, but I'm well-seasoned. Me too, which leads me to wondering, when do we get out? Do we retire someday, cash out and run, fall over dead at our desks? Oh, God, Jen, that's a picture. Um, <laughs> why don't we talk a little and imagine what a sunset might look like for entrepreneurs? The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Let's talk about this rusty compass drink. What's in this guy? Ooh, okay. So it is compass box, the peat monster scotch, a little bit of drambuie and cherry liqueur, and it's garnished um, in a coupe glass with an orange twist. Um, what does it remind you of, Jen? You know, the the contents of it make me feel like it's a little bit of an old-fashioned, but this tastes different. It's got that smokiness to it, which is kind of nice. I am not one for cherry flavors, so I was a little hesitant to try this one, but I like it. Yeah, I do too. I, it, it is very much like a an old-fashioned, but just a little smoky, which I like. Which I like. Yeah, I always like that little bit of orange peel for sure. Yes. Oh, orange and um, either whiskey or scotch go together so nicely. So you opened a can of worms. <laughs> right. Like, retirement. Gosh. I, I have a seven-year-old. Like, I know. And it, I feel like we've talked about this as a topic before and avoided it like the plague. Yeah. And I know, but it's weird. I know. I know people who are younger than me and they're getting ready to retire. They've got their 20 years in and I'm like, wait a minute. No, not yet. And I just can't wrap my head around it. So I think probably we should talk about it. Yeah. Pensions, not so much in the small business. No, no. And yeah, you you count you count your years differently, right? You don't look at how many years you have in. You look at the milestones. Oh, the year we got that new account, the year that we changed our office. So things, the milestoning feels a little different for us. Yes. The year that we bought the building. And, and, and you're right. I think those are really great milestones to celebrate. Um, and certainly, I think a lot of people think of retirement as the end of their career um, or some sort of end of something, but I don't even really relate to it that way. I feel like it's um, the end of my sole responsibility. It, I mean, I could work in a business post-retirement. You know what I mean? Sure. I and a lot of busy. I'm going to be a farmer. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people retire from their, you know, career to move on to a different career or a different placement or consulting or something like that. So that is really logical. It's interesting though, because we, we both have more than 20 years in, so maybe we should start thinking about what we're going to do and how fast you get to become a farmer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I mean, overalls look pretty comfortable. Um, you know, I, in all seriousness, I don't think it's ever too early for uh, business owners to start thinking about their succession plan. It's um, those types of things are very, especially if you have a partner. Um, those are can be really uncomfortable conversations. You never want to have them as if, like, gosh, I wish you would go away. But um, because that's not where it's coming from. It's coming from this is a this is a real eventuality, and what you know what is the plan what's what's the roadmap and then once you have the plan you know you've you have the power to change the plan 
but at least there's some security knowing what's next. Um, you have employees, you have stakeholders, you have clients, uh, you may have a spouse. And so everybody should know what the game plan is. Well, what is your game plan? When, will you retire and stay in Hazlitt or will you retire and um, go to the wilds of Africa? What What is what is the someday for you? You know, um, first of all, I don't have a succession plan yet. That is actually something I'm working on in the next year um, for myself, just so that I have that roadmap. Um, and it it really is a lot of soul searching and 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 wondering. So I'm not there yet. But if to answer that question, if I could have like my utopia, I would be a snowbird, and that I would um, that I would do winters in Scottsdale and I would do summers in, or like Sedona somewhere Southwest. And I would do summers in Petoskey. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful out there and we do love the Michigan up North. So I don't think you could beat it. So who knows? I'm not ready to plan yet. We're, we're getting there. Um, but I do know that there's sort of three models we could look at and that's what I think we should dive into today. So three options. The first one, you can just close up shop, toss your shingle in the trash, in the trash and walk away. That's, like a, that's like a, one. like a cash in your chips. Yeah, I think so. Um, it doesn't seem like a, a practical option or I don't know, maybe it's nice to sunset, close the door and turn the open sign to close uh, closed and just walk away. I mean, I don't know. I feel a little too, um, I personally could never subscribe to that. That might work for some folks, but I think if you're already a consultant and you don't have employees, you could just choose not to accept the next contract. So that would make sense for some models. But, you know, I have a responsibility to, as I mentioned before, employees and clients and um, other stakeholders and my spouse. And so I think just like cashing in the chips and walking away from something that's been my, you know, my first child, my first baby. I think that would be very hard. I do too. I don't think it's a viable option. And I think it is it is a little irresponsible to your clients and to your stakeholders because particularly as small business people, of course we're building a business, but we are not the only ones building this business. Our teams are building it too. And they're building their careers and they're getting their experience and, and they have their habits. So when you think about what to do as a small business owner at, at or near the end, you really do have to take the other um, personalities into account and what would happen next. So some of retiring when you are a small business person is not just about you or your family. It's about the people that you have made a contract with to build a career. Yeah. So you can't just really walk away. No. I don't think. I don't think ethically. No. No. So then the other option, of course, is never retire. And you know, I joke about this one. Like literally you said you were going to just fall over at your desk. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's for me, and you know, I'm, I joke about this all the time. There's a, um, it seems to be glamorous to just work until you're very old and sort of ex eccentric and just own it and buzz in, drive people crazy, buzz out. And it's doable. I mean, it's doable to, to work for a very long time, right? The, the, the retirement ages that we look at today, what social security you can take as early as 62, 67 is another number people toss around. But those numbers came from when life expectancies were much lower. Yeah. And I, and I do believe you can be a very productive person well into your 70s. Oh, yeah. Maybe 80s, maybe 90s. So we could just do that. I mean, I mean 
Okay, so Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. When you talk about walking in and like making this fabulous mess and walking out, I think of the Devil Wears Prada, um, <laughs> and that you would just be that fabulous. You wouldn't be snarky or mean, but you, you know, no. you would just walk in. And it would just be a thing. Um, I've got to imagine that Martha Stewart does a little bit of walking in and being fabulous and walking out. And leaving leaving instructions in her wake or something ridiculous like that. Because she's killing it and she's in her 80s right now, right? Yeah, she is in her 80s and she looks fab. And she does great work still. And she's on the TikToks. So a viable option is to extend your work life quite past what is traditionally understood in our culture. However, I would say in order to do that and stay sane, you have to be able to build yourself a certain level of flexibility mm -hmm. so that you can take the time off that you need. And you have to be able to build a really strong team who really can function without you there day to day. Absolutely. You need, you're no longer the captain of the ship. You are more like uh, the owner of the boat. Something like that. There's a really... And you have a crew. Yes, but now I'm thinking about Columbus and Spanish royalty and that didn't go so well. So we won't take that model either. <laughs> Which leads us to the succession planning model, which kind of comes in two forms. A little bit of you could, as a succession plan, understand that you will close your business, but you're doing it intentionally and with thought. Or you could do it by selling your business or merging your business with someone else. And this is this is where the, the interest and the twists and the turns lie, right? You've You've done it, actually. Yes, I have. So I bought into um, our the previous named business, uh, such video, and uh, stayed an equal partner until it was time for um, David Such to retire. Uh, leading up to that, we rebranded. Um, it wasn't because he was leaving. There were other reasons too. It was time. But um, it, it was certainly in advance so that nobody felt like he left and uh, the rebrand kicked him in the butt on the way out the door because that's definitely not what it was. He was um, a participant in the rebrand, a, a huge participant in the rebrand. And um, and then he lived with it for about 18 months before he um, said goodbye to full-time. And so when I bought in, we had agreements in place for what the succession would look like should different life events happen. Um, since I bought in more than a decade before he even thought about retiring. Um, actually, it was like, it was closer to 15 years. And so if this, then that was a lot in a very thick contract. Um, and that, and again, that's just a roadmap or a playbook because we didn't have a crystal ball, right? And so the the cool news is that um, he did work until, um, you know, his chosen age. And um, he knew what benefits and what, um, what the outcome was and what his um, what his plan was, and it it went really really smoothly. And it took us about a year to start handing off his um, responsibilities. I absorbed you know certainly some as an owner, and then other people based on their gifts and talents took took on some of his um, some of his roles. And uh, we practiced that. And then when he went part time, he was still a mentor. So. It really was a very smooth process. It didn't come uh, without hard conversations because when you're talking about money and when you're talking about taking over somebody else's first child, that's filled with a lot of emotion. But those are conversations you don't want to save until it's time. 
No. And what I like about it is that you had some clear frameworks when you walked in the door. So he'd done some careful thinking about how this would work even before he brought on a partner. Mm -hmm. And so that very long intentional planning about it, I think is what made it successful for you. And I do see sometimes entrepreneurs aren't putting in that effort and then the getting out feels fraught or messy or confusing. And you know, you, you guys did a great job because I think that rebrand in advance of him leaving set so many good intentions and allowed your clients to feel confidence in transitions rather than the rebrand happening after he left. And so one of the things that you were able to do was provide a continuity for your clients and for your staff in a way that didn't shake the business, didn't make things nervous, and set those expectations that the excellence we had before is the excellence we will have moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I've seen models that aren't that way. It's just nice to see it when it plays out well. Yeah. And so for my own succession planning, I had committed to kind of starting in the fall, going through the winter, like really take, uh, you know, this coming year, taking the time to discern exactly what it is that I want and, and kind of sketching out the roadmap, you know, not inking it or anything, but just starting to really feel out what the appropriate next steps are. And, you know, like I said, I have a, my youngest is seven, so it's not going to happen next year. <laughs> no. Well, and it's funny because my, my eldest is, is 20. And so we have conversations and, you know, none of my children specifically are, are planning to go into our industry, but, you know, there are questions. Do you have a business that you could pass on to your children? Do you have a staff member who would want to buy in and become a partner or take over that ownership share? Would you merge with a different company or have someone else buy you outright? Mm-hmm. All of those have really different ramifications, particularly for the relationships, right? So yeah. you have to think those things through. I guess the, the the moral of the story is unlike working in a, in a place where you can just give a few weeks notice or change career at any time, when you are a small business owner, this is a years-long, if not decade-long decision, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I don't feel like it's um, in the front of my thinking. I don't have a desire to, to walk away at all. Um, in fact, quite the opposite. There are some things that have happened since the pandemic started that have really invigorated me. And I've got team members who have stepped up and done different things to allow me to to have a new relationship with um, the way I operate inside the business. And that's been really satisfying. So yeah, um, it is a decades long decision. And it's interesting to kind of sit back and imagine what that would look like and, and what what the choose your own adventure outcomes would be. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and I've realized with opening up a second business and experiencing how that goes and looking at the arc of that, that sort of changes my metric too in how I perceive what I need to do for a business, what the business needs to do for me, um, what flexibility looks like when you are an entrepreneur, what new opportunities can look like. Mm -hmm. The fact that you don't have to close one door in order to open the other. You can have both things at the same time Mm -hmm. sometimes, which is really interesting. So that idea of retirement or what's next, it is. It's such a choose your own adventure. And so it's exciting to know that you have that kind of power and that you have that kind of flexibility. But it also comes, you know, like everything we talk about in this podcast with the responsibilities that go with it yeah. to your your people, your clients, yourself, 
your family, all of all of those things. And just like retirement for anybody who isn't an entrepreneur, it's never too early to start planning. And so for succession planning, the same it holds true. Yes, for sure. Unless you stick around so old that you get rusty and your joints are creaky and the rusty compass. I do feel like I have a bit of a rusty compass right now, but it was tasty. And I do, I, I, I'm not a scotch drinker. You know, that's not the thing I go for, but man, I like a smoky taste. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And like I said, um, whenever I hear cherry, I usually skip over it and decide not to, but this wasn't overpowering in any way. And that, that smokiness was really kind of nice. And, uh, it's just a funny name and it's a good presentation. So you folks should check it out. I might almost wonder if like orange bitters, cause it's kind of sweet. I wonder if orange bitters would be good on it too. Oh, interesting. We could try it. Yeah. Infinite possibilities. So choose your own adventure drink. Next time is a guest episode and our next guest is dedicated to promoting social justice and advancing equity in Michigan. In her role as president and CEO at the Michigan League for Public Policy, Monique Stanton is committed to addressing economic inequality, advancing racial equity, and promoting the health and well-being of Michiganders through public policy change. Systems change is not new to Monique. She's been active in advocacy efforts for most of her career. So we're really excited to talk to her. Join us next time and learn why Monique feels that she has landed her dream job and how she got here. Cheers. Cheers.